0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me on the Word Podcast. I'm sitting here having a little chuckle at my own expense. You ever have a chuckle at your own expense? I've had a problem here with the uh, computer stuff. I thought, what in the world is going on here? Because I got the, all of a sudden, this little squeak appeared. And I thought, where am I getting this squeak? What is this all about? And I don't think you can hear it in the background, but it hit me what's going on. Our air conditioning has gone out, so I'm sitting here with the windows open. Yeah, in the middle of August, isn't that great? It's not too bad. Yeah. And so... I've got this window in my little office area here opening, and it only opens from the top down. The bottom won't raise up, so double hung, but the top will lower. And so what was happening, and it's happening right at this very moment, is there's a bird outside, and the bird is on a, uh, so that's a telephone line right there, about 50 feet away from my window, and it's chirping. And the sound goes through the window, which is above my head, and hits the wall to my left. So the sound's coming from my right, goes across an 11-foot bedroom, hits the wall, and the chirping sounds like it's coming out of the closet. <laughs> and it sounds like it's coming out of uh, the wall right there. And I've got all, I got my keyboard and all this sound equipment and everything over here. And I thought, why is it chirping? And then I looked out and saw the one bird. And I'm just struck, folks, by the power of one voice. The power of one voice proclaiming, speaking forth the truth. And then just when I start this time together out right here with us, another bird joins him. And they are sitting together about eight inches apart, and they're chirping in sync. I'm listening to it right now. Uh, They're chirping in sync. Sometimes they chirp separately, but when they do it in sync, it fattens the sound up. There it goes again. They're, They're just chirping and chirping. So if you do hear a little squeak in the background, it's not me. It's not the equipment. It is literally the glory of the Lord being manifested through his creation to teach us all a lesson, right? Well, i tell you what, we've been looking at Matthew 21 about Jesus coming to Jerusalem. Then we'll be checking the cross references, right? We're in John today. And so John chapter 12, and we actually read part of this when we first started all this because the end of John chapter 11 and the first part of John chapter 12 gives, gave us the context. Remember what all was going on, how the Pharisees were planning to kill Lazarus, how the Pharisees wanted to seize Jesus. So here in John 12, we're going to begin with verse 12, and it says this. On the next day... And this next day is the day that uh, that context was set in. We saw in earlier episodes, the large crowd who had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Now they call him the king of Israel. We've sort of seen how progressively through the gospels we're seeing more and more about what they were shouting. Verse 14, Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it as it is written. Let's just stop right there for a moment. Well, we know how Jesus found the donkey. Remember, he sent the, the two uh, disciples and all this kind of stuff, told them what to do and everything. John just says, oh, yeah, he found the donkey. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us how he found the donkey. <coughs> but John tells us why he found the donkey. There was a reason for it, and it comes out of Zechariah nine. And I dare say, if I said, hey, when's the last time y'all read Zechariah? And we go, "Uh, uh, uh." here's what it is. Verse 15 is a quote out of that. As it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's coat. Remember the donkey was there and the coat? Matthew told us that both of them were there. Matthew, Mark, Luke tell us that Jesus sat on the coat. Here, John is saying it sat on the coat. It is to fulfill the prophetic word that was spoken over Messiah, verse 16. So did everybody know what was going on with this? Uh, No. Some might have known. Some of the religious rulers, I think, knew that. I mean, at some point in time, as they're going along, when they saw Jesus coming in riding on the donkey, I think they had to know that this is the Messiah. Now, whether they believed it or not, That was another thing they choose to reject that because of the works that he had done. Remember, that's the reason they would worship him according to Luke, was because of the miracles. And then John's about to uh, really uh, focus on one particular thing. So listen to this verse 16. These things his disciples did not understand at the first. So they didn't understand this at first, his disciples. I think some of the religious rulers probably did. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. So once Jesus was glorified, when he was killed and he was buried and he rose again and he was glorified, then they remembered these things that were written by him. Well, how would they remember those things? Because they were in the word. You guys should see that in Acts because very soon uh, the, the 12 came along and says, hey, y'all need to get some people that help with this daily dispersion of food. This is what you see in Acts 6 because we need to give heed to prayer and the word. They were in the Word of God, which at that time was the Old Testament, folks. They were in the Word of God, seeing these things that had been written about him and the things that had been done to him. And so they're seeing all this stuff after the fact that this is the fulfillment of the Word of God. Verse 17. So the people who were with Jesus when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. Folks were seeing all these things. All these little subtle hints, all these little subtle truths about what we are supposed to be doing as the body of Christ and how we do it. Churches are seeking and searching and trying to do this, how to, how to be relevant, how to get people to come to church, how to get young families to do this. If we do this, then they'll come because they'll like us. That is just a dead end. It's a dead end. You can do all you want to do with that kind of stuff, and at best, you're spinning the wheels. Most people are buying into deception with that. We must be in the Word of God. We must be praying. We must be living in obedience to the Lord. Notice what they were doing here. The people that had seen Jesus raise Lazarus out of the tomb were testifying of Jesus. They were saying, hey, he's the one that raised this guy. The guy was dead. He was in the tomb four days. He's the one that raised him from the dead. That's what they were testifying. Verse 18, watch what happens. For this reason, also, the people went and met Jesus because they heard that he had performed this sign or this attesting miracle type of thing. They would heard that Jesus had done this. They wanted to go see Jesus. They wanted to see the one that had raised somebody from death back to life. That is the pattern. When people see the power and the glory of the Most High God manifesting through His body, they want to see what it is. And you tell them, it's it's the Lord moving in us. It's the Lord moving in me. It's the Lord that has changed me. And people want that. They don't want this approach where they feel like they're getting Amwayed. Okay? Sorry if you sell Amway, but you know what I mean. Multi-level marketing. People feel like they're being sold a bag of goods. The goods may be good, but they feel like they're being sold and all too often, folks, they are. They're being sold. They're being played. And you hear in the vernacular, the way we say things. Well, we're trying to do this for our church, our church. We've got to do this. We've got to get money coming in. We've got to get people coming in or we're going to die. We're going to lose our church, our church. If that is your attitude, it's good that you lose your church because that church is not the church of the Most High God. It's your church, okay? Here, they, hear, they heard what Jesus did. They come to him. Now, verse 19, last verse for the day. So the Pharisees said, to one another, you see that you're not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. (laughs) They're furious. They're mad because, remember, they wanted to seize Jesus. They wanted to kill him. They've been planning to do this. They didn't want to do it during these high holy days right here, the feast of the Lord, but they had to do something. So this one plan they tried, it didn't work out. Another plan tried, it didn't work out. Remember how they'd come up and ask Jesus questions, trying to trip him up? It never worked out. Now they're turning on one another. And what do they say? You see, you're not doing any good. Look, the whole world's going after him. Later on in Acts, much later on, there's a great phrase that pops up. And those who are believers, the disciples, they were described as those that are turning the world upside down have come here. That, folks, is what we're supposed to be doing. That is who we are positioning. I think it's about time we start living that way, that by our very presence and by the power of the Most High God within us that the world is being turned upside down and the world goes after him, not after us or anything else like that. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.